Roll sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Stinking Paul's podcast live from the Balaban Sound Studio with Scott and with Paul. Hello. Good evening. Back here again. Yeah, in the comfort of these lovely studios. It's not too bad. Studio, studio my ass. It's my front room, isn't it? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't spoil it. Take a peek behind the curtain. It's actually my front room. But it makes a change, doesn't it? Because we've, we've spent the last sort of 18 months at your place recording, which is nice. Yep. But yeah, it just makes a change to vary things up a little bit. So I don't think we'll have as much traffic noise here. We do get the occasional car going past, but nothing like the drag strip that's your house, mate, your <laughs> flat. Um, one thing that is a constant throughout all of these podcasts is the very large bottles of vodka that we both have with us. <laughs> but we've made a sort of a promise, haven't we, that three podcasts in an evening was a bit much. Um, I think it was a bit much for the listeners. <laughs> but the third one was the a complete one. mess, wasn't it? Yeah. You can always tell if you look back at our like historic episodes. Mm. It, it goes sort of 40 minutes, an hour, and then hour and a half, two hours. Uh, of rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't envy you trying to edit that last one. No. And that was part of the problem. We, we said, right, let's cut it down to two. We... For listeners that don't know, we record two episodes in an evening. We start on a Saturday at what? It's five o'clock now, half past five. So it's quite sensible. We are having a drink. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, you know, the pubs are open, so there's... You know, so <laughs> <laughs> but by the time we get to the end of, of the second episode, it's eight, nine o'clock at the very yeah. latest. Yes, um, and we're still soberish. Yeah, we've abandoned movie roulette. We sort of, just sort of give listeners a recap of where we're going. Liam's not here at the moment. Liam is still part of the podcast. He's just not with us this week. So movie roulette has been abandoned for a little while. Yeah. We, it may. We, we may go back to it when mm. we're a bit stuck for <laughs> Any choice. Any ideas? <laughs> I, I've been trying to uh, go away from my normal choices. Out of the comfort zone a wee bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've come up with a cracker for the next episode, I must admit. Thank you. And it is almost classic era Hollywood. It's not well, it's 1973. <laughs> we'll reveal what that is later. But yes, I was very impressed at that choice. But for you today, I've deliberately chosen something. I have to be very careful when I pick something for you, mate. I don't want it to be too black and white or too subtitled. <laughs> Too black and white. I've known you now for six, seven, eight years, possibly. I don't even know how long we've been friends, but I'm starting to learn 
that certain movies are are a no no with you. Yeah, there's there's certain too artsy, if if that's a, we, a we know that. those pretentious yeah, ones. Pretentious we we, we both agree on that. Yeah, um, I will give any film a go. Um, sometimes I go into it negatively, and I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Sometimes I go into it negatively and uh, not surprised. You at were all. right all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. We've had some successes. Twelve Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men. You liked. Fantastic film, yeah. Singing in the Rain, you loved. Yep. But then, for every Singing in the Rain and Twelve Angry Men, there's a Mildred Pierce and a Seven Samuel... No, not Seven Samuel, was it? Throne of Blood. Throne of Blood, yeah, that was... But, fully agree with Throne of Blood. Fully agree. Um, So, tonight... We're going back to 1962, which instantly would probably put your hackles up a wee bit. So, 62. But then there's some great 60s movies. Yeah. So I thought, let's try and get a bit of familiarity into this for you. So I've gone for the original version of Cape Fear, hoping that you'd seen the remake. I have indeed seen the remake. Okay, yeah, Nick so... Nick Nolte and uh, De Niro? It is Robert De Niro, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to... I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I know you only watched it today. I'm going to be interested to find out exactly what you thought of an old sort of like 60s movie that's been remade into something that you probably would have preferred... And it'd be interesting to go back to the source material because I think a lot more people are familiar with the remake. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. I knew there'd been an earlier one. Um, never seen it, obviously. No, this is a first-time watch. Do you know what? Let's play the trailer now and then we'll be straight back after this. Trailer! 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 Suspense, suspense that grips your heart in a vice. Feel fear, numbing, paralyzing fear. Cape Fear, starring Gregory Peck, Robert Mitchum, Holly Bergen. Cape Fear, the screen's most terrifying war of nerves. I've seen the worst, the dregs, but you, you are the lowest. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm going to break your heart with it. I got a little plan for your wife and kids. They're never going to forget. Never. Cape Fear, the nightmare that becomes a shocking reality. Oh, now, come on. If you touch me, you'll go back to prison for life. You want to make a little bet on that? But you will. I'm not like Nancy. I'm not afraid to testify. I swear it. You've got to believe me. I'm not afraid. Cape Fear, 
released in the UK 1963, although it's a 1962 movie, but it was early January 1963 over here. Directed by J. Lee Thompson, starring Gregory Peck, Robert Mitchum, Polly Berg and Laurie Martin. You've got Martin Balsam in there, Telly Savalas is in yeah, there with, with hair. hair. <laughs> Brief synopsis. Small town lawyer Sam Bowden's life becomes torturous when Max Cady re-enters his life. Cady went to jail for eight years after Bowden testified that Cady attacked a young woman. Now that Cady has been released, he begins to terrorise Bowden and his family, particularly targeting Bowden's daughter Nancy. Initially, Cady uses his newfound knowledge of the law that he learned in prison to annoy the Bowdens. To annoy the Bowdens, it says it. <laughs> I think it was a little bit more than annoy, wasn't it? <laughs> then poisons the family dog. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Who's next? Thanks to Chris Holland on IMDb for writing that synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the remake first. Obviously very familiar. Yeah, there's, um, the first thing I noticed is um, when Max Cady comes into this, the story behind why he's annoyed. Annoyed. I love the word annoyed because he's yeah. a bit more than annoyed. Yeah. Sam Bowden. <laughs> yeah is different to the remake. In the remake, mm. um, he's been away for about 12, 13 years for rape. Yeah. And... Um, he Bo- was the prosecuting Bowden, lawyer. No, Bowden was his defence lawyer. <gasps> that was it, yeah. So this was a little different. It was nothing to do with him being a lawyer. He was a witness to him... Assaulting some woman, woman or something, up. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I spotted that to start with, but then obviously when it's brought up more modern or more up-to-date, you, you do tend to adjust the crimes for something more suitable yeah, for the, the era. Yeah, the whole storyline becomes a bit more 1990s, 2000s. I, I think in the 60s, saying someone had raped someone is, well, further into the film, it's touched on a little... And they don't ever mention the word. No. I still think this is quite hard-hitting, though, for a 1962 movie. Yes, yeah. The, the subject matter, especially surrounding the teenage girl, yep. that, yeah, it's very, very dodgy, isn't it? It's uh, Yeah, it's an ex-certificate, and it did get cut in this country. Really? Yeah. There's the bit where he beats up the woman in the bar. You know, which she only gets a, a black eye in this one, but in, in the in the remake, he bites her cheek off, doesn't he, or something like that. But you can see potato, that potato, potato, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll punch you in the face. I'll bite your cheek off. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see why Scorsese probably liked this movie and thought, Do you know what, I could do something yeah. with this. Yeah, because it already was a very dark uh, sort of taboo subject, almost. Almost. So yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, the remake, yeah, he did with, what was the young girl's name? Juliette Lewis, Juliette wasn't Lewis, it? Who, mm. who was fantastic in the remake. See, that's that's the focus, isn't it, on this one? And she's, yeah. she's a lot darker herself yeah. in, in the remake. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he could definitely play that angle more in the remake. Yeah. So as a film, this one, your first time watch... Not a massive fan of, you know, me trying to bring something to you. And it's, so you're going into this vaguely aware of what the remake was. 
it's very similar all the way through. You're quite comfortable knowing that it is it's yeah, following you, the same pattern. You know, it's it's him. It's Max Cady, who just one thing I have to get out of there. Mm-hmm. In all the films I've ever watched, I have never seen a film where someone's name is said so many <laughs> bloody times. Max Cady. Max, Max Cady or Cady. Yeah. Every 30 <laughs> seconds, I reckon, in some form or another. I wanted to let you know exactly I'm who like, he was. Yeah, I've got his name. <laughs> I know who he is, yeah. There's things... I started off by saying, oh, well, that's not very good acting on certain little bits mm. or a little bit cheesy. And then I'm like, no, this is 60s. This is yeah. how... This is how they were So you're learning now. Yeah. So thank I, you. I'm yeah. trying to put aside <laughs> my modern views. Yeah, this is not realistic, films. but it's yeah. not. It's, it's theatrical. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah, it was more like stage being brought to life, yeah. was it? I thought Robert Mitchum was an amazing bit of casting for this role. Yep. Such a menacing sort of way about it. He does it so well, him. doesn't he? You know, Night of the Hunter and other movies, he plays a bastard. Oh, yeah. Terrifically. Yeah, and... Um, Without actually doing anything. Yeah. Because he was just... Similar to the remake when you see Robert De Niro in the cinema smoking the cigar and laughing, and that was his way of annoying the family. He does a similar sort of thing just by being there. Yeah, he, he yeah he doesn't say much, mm. and he he's letting um, Bowden mm. yeah uh, trip up and mm. get himself riled up and yeah. pushes him to breaking the law or trying to break the law, and yeah, it's it's very. Oh, I'm trying to think of the right word. <laughs> uh, I can't think. Just Was it refreshing to see a 1962 movie where you've got a villain and you're actually thinking, actually, he's an evil bastard? Yeah. Is that yeah. what you're trying to say? That yeah, you weren't it's... expecting it to be as hard-hitting as, as the remake, possibly? Yeah. Um, yeah. And we often say if there's a character in a TV show or a film that you hate... How good's that actor? Their <laughs> acting is superb. Yeah. Um. Gregory Peck, it's just, I've seen him in a few films and he was just playing Gregory Peck, really, wasn't he? This <laughs> reminds me of To Kill a Mockingbird, his performance. Yeah. This. He's playing Atticus Finch in this, you know. Yeah, he, he's... <laughs> he's always the stand He's good stand at up. what he does. Yeah. But I would Oh, no, say, there's a, there is a lot more range to yeah. him. Right? I'll have to find some other stuff for you, but I think the ones you've probably seen... He's playing a similar character, always playing a lawyer or a lawman or yeah. something, a, a stand-up citizen. Yeah, so I'm not saying he's a bad actor, mm. but it, he's quite... Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a little bit stiff in this. <laughs> but then I suppose that's supposed to be the character yeah, again. He's an upstanding lawyer Ooh. of a small community. Professional, you know. Perfect wife and kids and... kid. Okay, right. Laurie Martin. Yeah. Um, Who apparently was a big star when she joined the film because she'd done uh, National Velvet on the the TV TV series. series. Right. Now, have you seen the film Orphan, the horror film? No. Right. It's an old film. It's a horror. (laughs) No, it's not old. It's not old. Well, 10, 12 years old. But 
The premise of the story is this family adopt this orphaned girl. And I'm sorry if I'm going to spoil this for people who haven't seen it, but the twist is she's a 30-year-old woman that actually looks like a child. All right, okay, yeah. The kid in this... Mm. Mm. I'm glad you're bringing this subject up. ...has got this very adult face and a particularly adult haircut. Yep. And and a massive head. The body... I mean, she's a tiny little thing. Yeah. But... Her face looks so much older. Yeah, and it but was quite off-putting. she was only 15 when she filmed it. Yeah, it was really off-putting because she's playing, I don't know, an 11, 12-year-old kid, I don't know. But she's got this whole adult face and haircut. She's yeah. got the most adult haircut of the child that I've ever seen, you know. And it was quite off-putting. I was, I was like, just staring. Yeah, <laughs> because she, and when... Um, Gregory Peck was standing next to her. Yeah. The size difference. She's tiny, isn't yeah, she? she must be four foot something. And it just reminded me of Orphan. I'm thinking, that's a 35-year-old woman playing a kid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then when you compare it to the Juliet Lewis performance, yes. who is the precocious, teasing, you know, yeah. bitch, basically. Yeah. I like the way Scorsese has taken that fact that it's just, you know, it's a stock child, you know, it's, it's going to be in peril and a bit of danger later on. But Scorsese's version of that yeah. is a really important it, element of the new version of the story. Yeah, definitely in the in the later version was um, a promiscuous It's like sucking teenager. the finger thing, yeah. isn't it? When she's at the play. She's Almost probably, leading him on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I liked. I liked the way Scorsese adapted it. So, first time watch of the... The older version, the original version. Did you notice? I don't know. When did you last see the the remake? Oh, jeez, a long time ago, fifteen years. Okay, it's exactly the same music. Is it really? Yeah, because I did that, notice mm. the music, and it's just all strings, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, it is that. That is, he, he copied the music. He used exactly the same, you know, theme and the score. Yeah. In the remake, Gregory Peck's in it. I. Saw that written somewhere today, and but I'm they've like, reversed roles. What they've done, Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum are in it, right? Okay, Gregory Peck plays the crooked detective. Oh, Telly Savalas, yeah. Robert Mitchum plays the judge. Okay, I think I'm, I'm, I'm doing this from memory. And Martin Balsam, who plays the cop in this one, is also in it again. So he got three of the original actors. I mean, we're only talking 30, 35 years later, so they're only in their 60s or so. Hmm. But I thought that was a nice touch to add them all playing cameos in the remake. Martin Balsam is one of those actors it's, you see him pop up everywhere, don't you? It, the most famously, he's the cop in Psycho. He always plays like the hard-nosed cop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a bit like Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. 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 Well, quite easy to get mixed up as well. Any particular favourite parts of this? Anything that really sort of, oh, for a 1962 movie, you'd have thought, oh, I like that. The there's bits of, of the ending that I mean, obviously, there's a lot of suspense, and um, there's bits where I'm like, Oh, god, where <laughs> it's, what it's, bits? <laughs> there's when uh, Bowden was hiding underneath the pier bit, yeah, to, to search whether he's coming mm. and sticks his head out far <laughs> enough so you can see the light on his face, and I'm like, Well, that's not very clever now, is it? <laughs> It's a victim of the era, mate. That's all it is. But, yeah, there's certain bits in that that are so sinister. When um, Katie was... Someone wrote on one of the reviews I was 
reading that it was almost like a crocodile slivering across yeah. the surface of the mud and water to yeah. get there. And yeah, that's, it's, you could just see evil in him. Without him actually saying anything, this is what we're, you know, it's just his whole manner, his whole demeanour. It just like oozes evil, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I did like the little little twist when he's got the wife on the houseboat at yeah. the end. So obviously Gregory Peck's trying to come to her aid. Yeah. And he just lured her there so he could get back across yeah. to the child. Yeah. Yeah, it was very clever. Because obviously um, Bode and Gregory Peck's character set this plan up to try and outfox this very intelligent criminal. And he's outfoxed the... Yeah. yeah. How hard-hitting was it for 1962? I mean, we've still got the death of the dog. We've still got the, the beating up of the bird in the bar. We've It's all there, isn't it, that we're familiar th- with in the remake? I think, yeah, what you'd see nowadays would be... Uh, the dog, you couldn't really do any different. Mm. Um, but you'd probably see him actually strike the woman now. Yeah, well, you, look, you look would, at the remake, like you say, yeah. he bites her cheek off, yeah, but... Um, but no, for the 60s... Um, did it surprise you? Yeah, yeah, it, it did. And especially the where he beats up that woman in the... I don't know if it was a motel room or whatever. Yeah, he picks she was. her up in the bar, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's just about to be arrested, doesn't he? He says, yeah. I'll be back or something. Get rid of your mate. Yeah. 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 And do you know what I had to look up? Because mm. when Teddy Savalas rung the police and said, mm. get round here now, they're upstairs in this yeah. room... Um, you could at least arrest him on lewd vagrancy. Lewd vagrancy, is that a thing? And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? So I looked it up and it's being caught in the act of sex or a, a deviant sexual Because behavior. they were going to get him for vagrancy, weren't they? Because they thought he didn't have any money. Yeah. But then he found they he showed them the bank book that had yeah. $5,400 in it or something. Yeah, lewd vagrancy. Lewd vagrancy, yeah. That's one for your charge sheet, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, for your rap sheet. <laughs> but yeah, when they were interviewing her afterwards and she's refusing to say yeah. much, and then she says, I'm not letting my family back home read about this in the paper, mm. and that, that to me touched on the fact that it wasn't just that she'd been beaten up. I thought there that she'd actually been raped. Yeah, which I think is more obvious in the remake. Yes, but obviously in sixties, you have 60s, to infer it a bit yeah, more, you, don't you, you? You can't just come straight out and say yeah. that because yeah, that would have been cut. But also, is it a two-way street here? Is it the fact that if he's getting charged with lewd vagrancy, does that make her mm. a willing partner? Yes, is that how? It, yeah. I think that might be what it's it's, it's alluding to. Yeah, and saying that he'd only get six months for it inside. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's very lenient. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I've seen this a fair few times. I, I don't think this film was particularly famous before the remake came out. Um, but I remember it being a big thing when the Scorsese version was mm. released. And I've probably watched this a good half a dozen times. And I still like it. I still think it's a good example of early 60s. Because it's, it's quite hard-hitting, like I say. It's it's not a 
is it a thriller? Is it a drama? It is a drama. According to IMDb, it's a drama and a thriller. I think what they called it on here is a, uh, American Neo Noir yeah. Psychological Thriller. There you go. <laughs> Says it all. It's covered every single base <laughs> yeah. there, isn't it? Comedy drama. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we're missing, the comedy bit. The comedy there was no there was there was no lighter moments in this at all, was there? I'm trying to think of any points. No, there wasn't even any dark jokes or anything, no. was there? <laughs> so overall, what did you think? Because I'm this I'm getting the idea that you didn't hate it. I'm getting the oh, idea you quite enjoyed definitely it. Definitely didn't hate it. Mm. Um I I don't think it was too long. I, I would have struggled had they sort of put another fifteen minutes, half hour on it, because mm. It wasn't fast-paced by any stretch of imagination, but it was it was okay in the pacing. It, yeah. I, I, there's a couple of times I did pick up my phone just to check things, but I found myself looking back at the screen, which is a good thing. It's for you, yeah. Um, and once I put aside the sort of, right, I'm watching this as an old film, it's not a modern film, yeah, I got into it. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was a bit surprised because I was reading something on Laurie Martin and she said she rates this as her best performance. She hasn't been in a lot, has she? <laughs> no, not a great deal. But I was like, to be honest, I didn't... Up until near the end, I didn't find she acted much at all. She no. said her lines. She was just playing a, a kid, a 14-year-old yeah. kid. Uh, I thought... I thought Robert Mitchum stole the show. Um, definitely yeah, the, that's, the best that's, character by far in there yeah. and the best acting. Everybody else was pretty good, though, as well, wasn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it at all. I, think I, I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. Oh, blimey. Oh, I've, I've come <laughs> up with a win. That's, that, that's it. We'll end the podcast there. Um, I think probably Gregory Peck has probably been your disappointment in this then because it's just oh, Gregory Peck. He reminded me a bit of um, Tony Curtis doing Cary Grant and some like it hot. <laughs> somebody, so you reckon it's like somebody doing a Gregory Peck yeah. impression? Yeah, <laughs> that thing. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, we've got some other actor doing Gregory Peck in this movie. <laughs> oh, I'm pleased. I am, I am pleased because, as I say, when I try and find a film for you, it's, it's a bit of a mission to no. try and get the balance right for you. As long as it's got a good story to it and the acting is middle to good, yeah. sort of thing, I, I'm fine with it. I I hate going back and seeing what could have been a great film and either the acting spoiled it or yeah. the plot just isn't there. Would you not have enjoyed it as much having not seen the remake? I think I probably would have enjoyed it more. Really? Yeah. Because I only picked it because I thought you being familiar with the newer version, it would make it a little bit of an easier watch. Yeah. I and then give you something to compare it to. Because it's it? so long since I've seen the remake, yeah. I I knew the premise, but I couldn't remember much of the story. Mm. But as this film went on, I'm like, I'm remembering, oh, that's slightly different to what they done there. Or There was yeah. a bit with... When they beat him up under the pier. Yeah. When they got chains out. Yes. Now, there was chains involved in the remake, I'm sure. 
yeah, like a massive wheelie bin there as well. If yeah, I yeah, it right. was yeah. yeah. Um, so there's little things I picked up on, yeah. but had I not seen the remake. This whole story would have been totally fresh to me, so I think you I would have enjoyed probably, it. More. Yeah, 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 because the ending is a lot more sort of dramatic and special effects laden in the remake. Wasn't the remake, a, is it? Was the a remake flood, isn't out it? on boats? Well, the boat that they're on, the houseboat yeah. thing, is actually set free, and they go down. There's a storm, mm. and and um, Max Cady gets you know goes underwater. He comes isn't, up speaking in tongues. A flare and, gun? I think there's a flare gun involved. There's, yeah. yeah it's, it's really sort of like this massive dramatic ending in the Scorsese yeah. version, um, which is a bit more subdued in this. It's just a one-on-one thing, isn't it? Here, I find that the two films have been done both very well. Yeah. And unlike certain remakes, where they try too hard to follow almost word for word, scene for yeah. scene, they've They've done a very good job in keeping the the main the spirit, core of the spirit story, of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, and bringing it up to modern times. So yeah, both films stand alone. I think it'd be interesting for us to actually go back to the new one. Yeah, a so of just, time I I really. Do you so, know, I'm wondering if we will prefer this to the remake. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we might sit down and watch that and go, do you know, that's not good. Well, you've, has- just, you've just ripped that off, school Scorsese. You've just- <laughs> There's something about watching a thriller in black and white yeah. when you can't quite see everything as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. with black and white, they go too dark. And you- okay, yeah. yeah. And especially as halfway through the sunlight came out and I'm trying to watch this great ass TV with a sunlight hitting it. (laughs) You just read out, it's been referred to as a neo-noir. Noir movies have to be watched in a darkened cinema. Yeah. That's that's the ideal place to watch a noir movie. But I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, if you're going to do the ratings, how are you going to rate it? I'm going to go for a a surprising to you eight. My, my work here is done. Um, I'd definitely watch it again. Bloody hell. And I'd probably <laughs> happily sit there in six months to a year's time and watch it again. Oh, I think I've found another little little nugget for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I just can't get over how good Robert Mitchum was in it. I've not seen him in many films and didn't know he was... That talented. It's a pity we've done Night of the Hunter because that would have been my next one for you. So I will find something else for you very soon. I mark mine out of five stars. It's five star movie for me, and it has been all the way along because it's got Hollywood royalty in it. It's got Mitchum. It's got Peck. You know, J. Lee Thompson directed. Bernard Herrmann score. You can see why Scorsese probably fell in love with this when he was a kid and thought, you know what, I want to yeah, yeah, and make it, my version. So if you've got the talent of Scorsese and there's a film out there you've loved for 20, 30 years, then why not yeah. treat yourself? Yeah, knock yourself out, mate. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm really impressed with that. That's really good news. Okay, let's take a short break. We'll be back with what we're watching next time. Now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. 
So let's take a look at what's coming your way. So next time on the Stinking Pools podcast, a little bit of a change of pace because I do know what Paul has selected here. Over to you, sir. What are we watching? Well, I was trying to um, surprise you and uh, move away from my usual choices of probably 80s and above. Yep. <laughs> I sneaked back to 1973. Yeah, which was um, nice to hear when you you know you were looking at 70s movies. So. And quite an iconic film. Um, it's a coming-of-age drama with a whole host of stars. Or future stars. Future stars, mm. yep. Um, directed and co-written by George Lucas. And it is American Graffiti. Yeah. I'm probably going to talk about the soundtrack more than the oh. movie. <laughs> I, I think I texted you Friday evening. Yeah. And I said, just watched it. What a soundtrack. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that next time mate but we don't do many well we, we used to do a lot of 70s movies on the stinking pools Charlie and I sort of gravitated towards some classic American 70s stuff and this is the missing piece of the puzzle I think mm. graffiti, because when you look at who's in it who directed it produced it wrote it whatever you can see where the late 70s and the 80s came from yeah, there's a whole host of stars in here, and yeah. it's it set a lot of careers on the on their paths, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so it's American Graffiti, 1973. Will be next week's movie. Paul, thank you so much. Thank you so much for enjoying Kate Fear. That surprised me. <laughs> it's all lies. I hated it really. <laughs> we'll be back next time. Cheers for that, mate. See you later. Cheers. The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Bastard arms! That infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence! You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies! Good night, sir! When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends. With your confidence sinking, positive thinking helps you on the way, my friend. When things look black, try Positive thinking, treat every season as spring. No glancing back, try. Positive thinking, trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.